0: Welcome to Fear and Greed, the week ahead. I'm Sean Aylmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Cookulus. You'll find him at cook.com and on Twitter using the handle theCook, T-H-E-K-O-U-K. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Sean. We've got this election out of
1: the way. Now we can think purely about economics. We can, and it's a real focus on this inflation risk, what's happening globally in terms of recession fears in the US. So Politics is behind us a little bit anyway, and we're moving on to economics and policy settings from central banks.
0: That's look, managing the economy ain't going to be real easy for the rest of this year. I mean, last week we had the labour force stats, which were spectacular, many ways, unemployment rate of 3.9%. The wage price index
1: didn't quite show the wages growth we expected, though, did it? Yes, yeah, so it was a bit of a confusing picture. As you said, the labour market numbers were were terrific, a 3.9 unemployment rate. That's the lowest since 1974, as we heard all during the election campaign. And, and as an economist, that that's warms my heart. It's a good thing to see basically everybody who wants a job having a job. So that momentum that we're also seeing in the job advertisements and the job vacancy series suggests that demand for labour is still very strong. So again, I think everybody's expecting that unemployment rate to continue to drop up over the next few months, and and that's a good thing. But as you alluded to, the wage price index was only up 2.4% through the year. Really sluggish, I guess, given how strong the labour market is. Now, having said that, there are a few quirks in the wage price index. It doesn't necessarily capture what seems to be happening in the labour market and people getting pay increases by job hopping, that is going to their competitor who's offering them more money. So that will not show up in the wage price index, but obviously it shows up in people's pay packets. So there could be a little quirk in how the wage price index is measuring like household disposable income, if you like. And so we probably have to wait, I think it's about two weeks for the national accounts to show the March quarter household income numbers, which will almost certainly be stronger.
0: Okay. Now, one of the things about the economy at the moment, we have this incredible labor market, yet, I mean, the election campaign was a great example. Cost of living was such a big part of that. We feel that in petrol prices, we feel that in food prices, but we're not doing too badly, really, because most people can get a job if they want one. And that, at the end of the day,
1: allows people to buy food and to buy petrol and to make sure they've got shelter and clothing and all that sort of thing. Look, that's a really important point too. And that actually feeds into this housing discussion too with rate hikes coming. And obviously, there's more rate hikes to come. People are still saying, oh, the rate hikes will cause house prices to crash. And there's all these concerns out there about housing. But one of the things that we've learned or I've learned looking at the house price cycle and this link on on employment and how important that is for sustaining an economic upturn is that it's much, much easier to service a mortgage, even a big one, if you've got a job than even a little mortgage if you don't have a job. so, yeah, yeah. And, and I'm thinking back to that period in the early 2000s when the RBA hiked 300 basis points. And what happened to house prices? They rose 30% with 300 wow. points of rate hikes. And the reason was we had a very strong and a very tight labour market back then. So while rate hikes clearly are a negative for house prices, I think they're going to be offset by this you know, real resilience in the labour market.
0: Okay, so let's think about what we've got coming up this week. Another side of the economy, business investment, very, very
1: critical to the – this is the March quarter figures, isn't it? And it's very critical to growth. Oh, indeed. And I think they're going to be quite strong. We've got this bit of a elastic band effect from the lockdowns late last year. And remember that the lockdowns were in the September and even the very early part of the December quarter last year. So here's the March quarter numbers. And while there's still, you know, some concerns with people staying away from work because they have COVID or they've been living with someone who's got it, that nonetheless, if we believe the NAB survey and even the CapEx expectations survey, we should see about a 5% lift in CapEx in this quarter. We know that imports of machinery and equipment were very strong and that they obviously feed into CapEx quite directly. So we should get confirmation that the business investment side of the economy is doing pretty well and retail trade for April as well this week? Yeah, April retail trade. Look, it's a bit of a harder one to forecast because we do know that the big banks who are publishing their sort of credit card tracker numbers as a bit of a contemporary read on how much we consumers are spending actually have the number a little bit softer in the month of April for some reason, We it was just a little bit more hunkering down. Maybe it was the election campaign, people sort of turning off about it, or maybe the petrol price was forcing them to fill up their car and not spend money in the retail sector. So we're actually looking for a slightly softer number, maybe down about 0.5% month on month in April.
0: And another thing that I'm sure you'll be watching this week, it's the Reserve Bank of New Zealand is meeting. And of course, the Kiwis have been lifting interest rates well before Australians got
1: to there. Yes, it is interesting. They've really been hiking aggressively. The, the governor over there, Adrian Orr, has been you know, super hawkish. And of course, it's that's impacted their housing market. House prices are clearly falling throughout New Zealand now. And so there's this question now with, again, like the rest of us, they've got very high inflation. How aggressive is the rate hike that's going to be delivered? Now, there's some chat that it'll be 50, some chat will be 25. I think with some of the market volatility that we've seen in recent weeks, some of the concerns about a, a hard landing in the US and the China lockdowns with COVID, they might just be a little more cautious and go 25. And, and as we just noted, they've already got a quite a few rate hikes already in the pipeline.
0: Stephen, have a great week. Thank you, Sean. That was economist Stephen Kukoulas, better known as The Kook. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The I'm Sean Aylmer, and this is Fear and Greed, The Week Ahead.